Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful, but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, my featured guest is Chris Ward. She is the leading authority in building your business by building your team. Now, Chris is the founder of Win the Hour, Win the Day Philosophy. She helps entrepreneurs like you create their win team, What Is Next?, team so that you can get your idea to implementation and make your ambitions come alive. It's more than just fancy words, Startup Nation. Now, after the loss of her husband, Chris returned full-time to her work as a marketing strategist. She was thrilled to see that her business had not only survived her absence, but was thriving. Now, Chris has completely changed the landscape for entrepreneurs by sharing the successful practices that allowed her absence from her business. Chris has been interviewed by one of the original sharks from Shark Tank, a mutual friend, Kevin Harrington, and ABC's The Secret Millionaire, James Malinchek. She has been featured on award-winning podcast, radio, and TV shows. She is an author, a podcast host herself, and she's the team building and systems strategist. You can find her at winthehourwintheday.com. It's also the title of her book, winthehourwintheday.com. Chris Ward, welcome to your first 100K podcast, top 100 podcast on iTunes for entrepreneurship. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Well, Joseph, I think you did a fabulous job. I would just hit record and use that for everything there moving forward. So uh, yeah, great job. So I don't think there's a lot of gaps. I, I think what happened to, to fill the story a little bit is my absence when I was away with my husband, my existing clients and the local business community, my friends did not know what was going on. I didn't feel it was good for business. Uh, and uh, I had a very positive approach uh, to how we were navigating his journey with his illness. So when I returned, it was a shock to everybody. And so then they started asking me, like, how did I do it? You know, and that like, you know, they're working crazy hours and all these things. How do I manage two large responsibilities? So I started working with my existing clients under the capacity of team building. And that's how it all started. Why team building? Why is that, why is that so important? But before we get that answer, go ahead and share something uh, very personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Let's see, personal. Um, I, very few people know that I am fluent in sign language. There you go. <laughs> So Startup Nation, she gave me the bird earlier. I'm no. kidding. Uh, she flipped me the bird, sign language. No. Uh, so Chris, that's awesome, sign language. Um, why is team so important? Why is that important to removing yourself from the business? And now Startup Nation, I, I know that question sounds so simplistic. I get it. But here's the problem. You're not doing it. Mm. Okay? You're not leveraging your team in your business. And many of you don't have a team to leverage in your business. That's also the problem. So Chris is going to share with us today 
how she did it, where she was able to step out of her business as she went through that grieving time, losing her husband, and come back, not to a business that was less than before, but a business that was more, that was thriving, and how you can do it too. So Chris, go ahead and take it from there as far as teamwork. Yeah, well, Joseph, it's just without a team, you really don't have a business. You're what I call a sufferpreneur, right? You're a solopreneur just suffering. So to me, it's the equivalent of sitting on the couch watching sports, calling yourself an athlete. So you cannot execute scale or do anything without a team and anything done in the history of time, but especially business, they, they had a team, right? It's getting ideas to implementation. So when you look at somebody that you maybe have a professional jealousy, you think, oh, I got to work harder, do more. And they're doing this, they're doing that. All they're doing, they're not smarter than you in any capacity. All they're doing is getting ideas to implementation. And you cannot do that without a team. You just can't you know, there's so many examples. We see this all the time with, you know, if you were going to, let's say you were a tradesperson and you could be, do the electric and you could do the plumbing and you could do all that stuff to build a house. It would take you three years. But you know, when you have a team and you bring all these trades in complementing each other's work, you know, have a house up in six weeks. And yet for somehow we don't translate that to our business. And I think it's because so many people think it's complicated. It's difficult. It's expensive. And we just live in a magical time right now, you know, with outsourcing and stuff that you can absolutely a hundred percent afford it. And it's not difficult to do, but it is strategic. You know, it's called what I call creating systems, saving yourself, stress, time, energy, money. And without that backbone, without, you know, in our business, what we call toolkits, you know, teaching our clients and stuff with toolkits, without these practices in play, you just never get more and more efficient at what happens. My clients say, it's like, it's always like a new project. You know, you're all oh, right. Three months ago, when we did that. We forgot this and we forgot that. And it's always a new project. So I believe that your business should support your life, not consume it. And I believe you should start your day refreshed and leave fresh. Startup Nation. Does that sound good to you? Is your business sucking the life out of you, out of your family? Or is it contributing? Is it filling you up every day? Like if it's not, that might be something just to stop, pause, check, assess. Is that what you want to continue? If you want more than that, you want your business to truly support you, I'm going to get Chris's top three tips and strategies as far as how to systemize your business in just a few minutes. They're going to be practical. They're going to be tactical. They're going to be easy to implement this week in your business. They don't have to be costly, but they can really uh, double, triple, quadruple uh, your sales, your income, your impact. Now, Chris, you paid me a, a very kind compliment when you came on uh, earlier. And it was around systems and processes, wasn't it? It was. What did you like? And, and this isn't to pat my back, Startup Nation. This is, I ran into a pain point when it came to podcasting. Scheduling guests to be on my show became this time-consuming suck out of my life. And it would take five to 10 or 15 emails back and forth to schedule one guest to appear on one episode. And I was like, this isn't working. This is not a workable strategy long-term. This will zap my energy and make me not want to show up and do the show. So because of that, I said, okay, what's a new possibility I could create around this? And I got really clear on how much time I wanted to spend scheduling my show. Now my entire process is automated to the point where I work pretty much two to three hours a week on two top 100 podcasts, which blows away a lot of other podcast hosts' minds because they spend a lot more time than that doing that. Now, I'm not the best show out there, but it's a good show. 
you're getting value out of it, right? Startup Nation. But I systemized it. You could do the same thing with almost any part of your business. You could systemize it with processes and systems. Chris, go ahead and, and just share that experience. What was that experience like for you coming onto the show? Well, listen, I take great pride in our systems and we look at things. I tell people all the time, toolkits are a breathing dynamic thing that are always going to improve. So everything we do, we're always looking at is five steps. Can, into, can they turn into three? Can they turn into two? So, you know, I get a lot of compliments for my processes, for my toolkit. So when I got yours, I was like, ah, <laughs> it was so good. I was like, oh, I'm so annoyed at myself. So there was just, you know, some things in play that were so simple and so profound. And one, I'm just so ashamed of myself. I didn't think of it sooner, but even just having guests fed into you where you're like, you want to be on the show, then you have to recommend and introduce somebody else. And the profoundness of that is we know like-minded people are connected to like-minded people. So we know that if you really enjoyed that guest, when she recommends or he recommends somebody to you, you're going to go, great. He, you know, he or she was here. They know the quality of what I'm looking for. And I enjoyed them. So, you know, just even that extra step of having it fed into you, new relationships, I was just so impressed, annoyed and jealous at the same time. <laughs> mm, that's so cool. Thank you for that. Uh, you know, and Startup Nation, I have an inbox full there's over a hundred unread emails right now. And there are people pitching to come on the show. And I'm flattered by that, right? It wasn't that way year one. I'll tell you that. I was pitching people to come on the show. Now they're pitching me. Um, they're hiring agencies. They're spending thousands of dollars to get introduced to come on the show, right? So I do warm introductions now through my guest. Just as Chris said, it's like-minded people. Mm -hmm. I don't have to spend time researching all my guests anymore. I know that like attracts like. So if I really like to guess, I'm going to ask them for a few referrals and I'm going to get a few more humans just like them on my show. It's a really cool way to do it. So Chris, thanks for saying that. All right, let's get into your top three tips or strategies for Startup Nation uh, to really scale, systemize, put processes in place in their business. Um, let's look at sales first. Now, actually before sales, let, let's take this. I'm going to put you on the spot if that's okay with your permission. Sure. Yes. Okay. So let's start with uh, marketing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cause you can't get a sale until you market and get some visibility and people know you actually exist with your product or service and it's right for them. So what, what could startup nation do right now? What's a tactical, practical uh, step they could take action they can take to systemize their marketing so that they're not having to go in and post every single day on five different platforms to hopefully reach, you know, their target audience, but they're not even sure if it's working. I've done it. I dislike it. Other people do it successfully. God bless them. But what is, what's your hack there for, for Startup Nation? Okay. So I believe that we live in very much a copy and paste world. And there's very, a lot of pre and post production, no matter what you're doing. You could be a brain surgeon this pre and post admin work. Okay. So anything you do to compress that, and Joseph, you're a phenomenal example of that. We just talked about that. So social media, here's a little hack that we do. So in my team, my social media manager, Hazel, goes in and twice a week, she goes through all different groups I'm in or whatever, LinkedIn, Facebook, all this stuff. And she submits to me a list. And this list might have about 10 things on it. And on those 10 things, there are links. And when I click the link, it goes right to ABC group that says, hey, what's the number one thing that you learned when you wish you knew when you first started your business? And now I, she knows that's going to be what something I can talk about team building, which is really important to me. So then we also have a bunch of canned responses, not that they're lacking warmth, but that you really do say the same thing more or less over and over again, because it's what you do and you, you've narrowed down your niche audience. So whether you use text expander or you just copy and paste it in a Google document, which is how we started, we have what we call engagement stuffing. So we have a sheet and there's like 10 answers on this category and then 10 answers on another category. And so we just really take a look at that. Now I would go into the link 
And I might add a sentence or two at the beginning. And then we just copy and paste the response. Like, that's a really great question, which by the way, is one of my, it's a canned response. I have that already there, but I, I will read it to make sure, is there any way I can tweak it or take, you know, whatever. And then we just copy and paste. So that is spoon fed to me so that I can go in without having to go into each group every day and scroll through the feed and find stuff that I can respond to and engage. And it's fed to me narrowed down. And then frankly, there's some that Hazel can just copy and paste herself, but I go in and I try to personalize it. And, but it's a lot of just copy and pasting. And it takes me about, I would say 20 minutes. And for the amount of work that's done, we're compressing a couple hours of time to 20 minutes and it's efficient. And the, the language is spelled out. So it's powerful. So that's a great ninja check, check I think. Okay. Startup nation. So Chris Ward is saying you can copy and paste the things that you repeatedly say to your yeah. potential clients. Yeah. Or your existing clients, copy yeah. and paste them. Like, what's the thing you keep finding yourself saying four or five, six times a week? Yeah. That's the thing. You could even make a video, a short video with your answer and then post it on the different platform in the group. Chris, that's great. I agree with that. And that could take you from spending two to four hours responding to these types of posts or, or uploading these things down to five to 10 or 15 minutes of your week. That's a great time saver. All right. Number two, what about sales? How can we automate or systemize our sales process? Like actually converting those potential clients that DM us, they, they write back and we get them on the discovery call. How do we automate that process? What do you got? Well, automate is a powerful word because, uh, you know, to me, sometimes that automation sounds like you're removing yourself. But what I do want to do is make everything more and more efficient. So it's really about consistency to me. We've all agreed that McDonald's and maybe I'm alone, but McDonald's does not make the best hamburgers in the world, but they are systematized, right? So what I'm really looking at for is making things consistent and, and systematized so that not only are they consistent, but when you have a new idea or think we could do this or, oh, Joseph does this really well, we're going to borrow from that, then you can add it to an existing system that's in play and that you can turn on a dime. Because so for so many entrepreneurs, you guys out there might realize, you know, have had experiences where, and maybe I'm alone, but back in the day, in the beginning, I think, oh, oh, I have this great idea. And then I realized, no, I had that great idea four months ago. It just fell off, right? It never got implemented. So I'm now recycling great ideas and thinking there are new ones, right? So I'm all about, you know, how can we make sure this is efficient? So in our sales process, you know, it's going to have, I even have, uh, when I go to make a, you know, meet with someone and we've got a sales strategy call, whatever. One of the little steps in my process is, you know, I have a sheet with my most powerful, powerful sales words, or you, I might've read a book and I add a few more words to that and I review that before the meeting. So it's always perfecting how I show up for that process, you know, and part of that process may be making sure you're connected to them on all social media platforms before you meet them or doing your homework or whatever, but making sure that it is a process that is efficient consistent and that you can add to, you know, even thanking them with a video, like you said, Joseph, I'll follow up. Hey, thanks so much. Blah, blah, blah. Here's my little video. So to me, it's about efficiency and consistency and being able to build upon it. Hmm. Very powerful. Startup Nation. Uh, here's another little thing you could do in your sales process is your intake form, right? Have them fill out a form to schedule in your calendar. Hmm. Many people, many coaches out there, I see don't have any questions in their scheduling platform. I have 10, like you have to answer 10 questions to schedule that call with me. Well, what are the questions telling me before you get on the call? Pretty much everything I need to know about you. Are you the right fit for me? Are we the right fit financially? Are we the right fit with our beliefs? Where are you in your life? What are you challenged by? What are you struggling with right now? Can I actually help you? Like I have all that information before you get on the call with me to discover things together. So immediately that cuts out so much time for me. 
So you could do the same thing with you. Really leverage whatever your calendar booking system you use, leverage the questions. If it gives you seven questions max, 10 questions max, use all of them and really get thoughtful. What else do I really want to know or would love to know before I jump on the call with this person? And then come up with a creative question to solicit that information in a non-confrontational way, right? To get very personal with people before you even meet them. So that's just another thought there. What do you think there, Chris? I think it's a great thought. And I wanted to add to that because we do that as well. And I, what the example, no matter what your industry or service is, think of it like I was tied into fitness. Obviously you're into fitness as well, Joseph. And I always say some point in everybody's life, they want to improve their fitness or lose five pounds. And so we've all looked at like, let's say the nutritionist you see on TV and she can open the fridge and look at it and get, get a lot of information about our new client by just looking what's in the fridge, right? And we all have those little peek throughs. For me, one of the questions I always ask somebody is, you know, do you have a team? How big is your team? And when somebody responds like, no, I hired somebody once and I don't trust people. I'm like, we are never going to be on the same page. You are, we are, you are not my people. So, you know, it really tells what, you know, oh, I can't afford it because they think it's expensive or whatever. So their answers either tell me it's never going to be a good fit or what pain point they have that, oh, we can so help you with that. So I, again, Joseph, yes, absolutely. If someone's going to meet with you, they should answer a few questions, hundred percent. And you know this, right? Booking on this show here, I ask all my guests what their revenue range is in yeah. the past 12 months. Yeah. And I, I get that very tight area range uh, because that's very important. I want to know what conversation I'm having with this guest. For example, when a guest answers that they're between, they did 100 to $500,000 last year, well, that's a certain conversation I'm going to have with that person. Mm-hmm. Now, I have another guest that did $250 million last year. You get that's a completely different conversation, right? Yes, 100%. And the questions I'm going to ask are going to be completely yeah. different, right? So that's a filtering right there, even with one income question as an example. So Startup Nation, don't be shy with your questions. Don't be shy. People actually appreciate when you ask thoughtful questions. They really do. All right, Chris, what's your third uh, tip or strategy for Startup Nation to automate, systemize their life? And I'm going to target it uh, this way. You, started, you did the marketing uh, hack. You did the sales hack. Um, now I'm going to ask you, well, how do you find that team? Uh, you said, well, shoot, you could do it now very inexpensively. You could do it with people from all over the world. You could hire VAs, et cetera. But many entrepreneurs are scared of that because they don't know where to get started. What is a simple hack that they can do this week to build a team around them to support them so that they become kind of like you use the house example or metaphor, building a house. If you did it all yourself, shoot, that could take it. My cousin just built a house from scratch. It took him three years. Yeah. It's a gorgeous home. But he also, you know, he works on, at NASA and builds space shuttles. He's very gifted. And it took him three years. Or unlike my cousin, you could bring in an entire team of different people, contractors, et cetera. And you could be the general contractor that said, here's what I want here. Here's what it, where this goes. This is what I'm looking for. So how do you become the general contractor in your business to really build and scale your business quickly? What do you got for them? Great question, Joseph. So let me tell you a very quick story about how it all started for me about, I'd say, eight, nine years ago. Um, I was, you know, still in my marketing strategies and what was happening back then though, I was still doing physical appointments. I switched virtual long before all this pandemic stuff. Even if somebody worked down the street for me, it was just more time efficient to hit a button and go to the next appointment. But about nine years ago, I was still doing physical appointments. So I would leave the appointment and I'd have my little notes because when you're doing marketing, it's very specific, very, you know, they want a certain strategy, all these details. And I would promise hand to God that when I go back to the office, I would put the notes in the computer, life would be good. What happened more often than not with distractions and busyness is it would not get into the computer that Friday. And sometimes haven't helped me. It would be the next Friday. So when the, you know, the potential client called, I got the opportunity to be one of two people. 
I either could set you sound, you could hear me scrambling, trying to read my notes that were meant for 20 minutes. And, you know, maybe I'd mess something up and I looked unprepared or worse. I might misquote them on something. I look like I'm trying to swindle them when in fact, I just have bad notes that were supposed to last me 20 minutes. So at that point I found a transcriptionist and this is all this person wanted to do. She just transcribed, she had like 10 clients and that was it. So I would leave the meeting, sit in my, uh, sit in my car, talk on my phone, and I would take me like 30 seconds to read the notes I had with all the detail in the world. Now, some weeks I needed her for three or four hours of appointments. Some weeks I needed her for none. The weeks I needed her for three or four hours of appointments, it cost me like $12, which by the way, because she was so fast and that was her zone of genius. And now you don't even need that. There's automation and software. You don't even need a person. It's crazy. But the point of the story is that I started her off like so many other outsourcers out there. You can say, look, I'm new at this and here's what I'm hoping to do. And I've not done this before. So you can start off getting help, whatever capacity you need as three, four hours a week. And you might say, look, I think this is going to grow to 15 hours a week in the next five weeks or whatever. You just have the ability to get a talent approved globally. But more importantly, there's no big commitment where in the old days, like an employee mindset, never mind you needed to have a desk and a computer and all that stuff. Let's say you wanted to hire somebody who's a video video editor for five hours a week, but you're like, I can't have them come in for five hours a week. Who's gonna, who am I gonna get that's available for five hours? And there's all these restrictions that make your quality of candidate sort of diminish. So then you say, okay, I'll, I'll give them 10 hours. And I'll fill the other five hours with something that else they can do that's not their zone of genius and I'm just making work. And that's where it gets diluted, the talent and the efficiency. So with outsourcing, start small right? It's not rocket science, but it is strategic and it does, it, it is easy when done in a right order. And, and let me just add you this as well as a, a final takeaway. If you are asking them to do something, oh, you know, how do I show them when you're doing whatever you need done, just screen capture it and then send them the one minute video and saying, can you do this? Stop and pause and play and they'll do it. When you're done that, can you write me out a system that we will build upon with the steps that I just showed you? So it's very doable when done strategically one step at a time. That's brilliant. The way you said that. I remember the first time I hired a transcriptionist for um, a, a show that I did and I wanted to pull content out from client calls actually. And I was like, man, there was gold in that session I just had with the client, but I don't remember everything I said and I don't want to sit here. That would take me four hours to transcribe that, that show, that one hour call. So I went on Fiverr, right? Fiverr.com. And I was like looking for a transcriptionist and I had to go through a few. And I finally found this one gal. She was so inexpensive. And I was like, let me give it a shot because her reviews were fantastic. And I hired her and I hit gold with her. She's now my gal for all my transcriptions. I don't even think about it anymore. It cost me 20 bucks for her to transcribe like an hour, 60, hour, 60 minutes of content, which I think is just a steal because it would take me four hours. And what do I charge per hour? I charge $1,000 plus per hour. So that'd be $4,000 I'm spending $20 for. Like that's a fantastic return on investment startup nation. And it's been an awesome thing. I want to add this caveat. I had a, uh, another project that was outside the scope of her genius. Mm. She, she's fantastic at what she does. And I said, hey, can you um, uh, transcribe this call, but write it in an ebook, ebook form because I want to turn it into an ebook, right? So I asked her to do creative writing plus transcribing. That was in her zone of genius. So she's like, I'll give it a shot. She came back with it. It was not good at all. And it, it took her like two weeks where normally she responds within two or three days, I get my thing back. And I quickly learned that lesson. Hire individual people for their specific talent and then hire someone else for the other thing. Don't ask them to do multiple things that they're not great at. 
So that was, uh, I just want to put that caveat out for you, Startup Nation. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, I want to jump on that because that is so important. That's one of my top things I tell people all the time. You get so invested in when you get this person that's amazing what they do. And then you sort of look at them like they got a halo and think, well, let's widen the scope. And then it gets diluted and it all kind of unravels. And that is such a powerful point that you made because that's something I have to address all the time. They are in their zone of genius and that's great. But you know, I, I'm the, I think the last person on the planet to, to discover a cooking channel and they've got all these competitions and you can see such a difference when somebody who is a baker and a cooker, you think, well, cooker, so you can see how much I cook, a chef and a baker, right? And so the point is you think, oh, it's all the same thing, but it's not. As well, I wanted to add, when you have somebody that's in their zone of genius, they will come to you because I often tell people that the talent is connected to the tools. So have you heard of Descript, Joseph? I think I have. Okay, so Descript, my, uh, the people who work on my podcast came to me one week and said, oh, because this is what, you know, they're in this area, this lane, and they'll see things that I'd never see because, you know, that's what they're focusing on. So Descript, not only can you take something for you guys out there and put it, dump it in there, I can't remember how much it was, like 50 bucks for the year, and you dump in a transcription. But also, if it's a video, you can right click on when, let's say, your guest says, um, too many times. You can delete that from the transcription and the video. It can say, do you want us to take out all these fillers? You can also, for your voice change the words not for the guests but if you flub a sentence you can change it and they will borrow from your and this is starting to get ai scary but they will borrow from your language and change that sentence now the point of this story for me was i would have never found that but it was brought to me by my team because that's what they were focusing on and that was their area you know their zone of genius so it really just expands to serve you in a more and more powerful way that's what I, I love about that. And I haven't tried it personally, but it sounds like you're doing uh, transcription as well as video editing in the same platform, mm -hmm. which is a huge time saver because those are completely distinct things. Okay. So Chris, thank you for those top three tips and strategies. Those were powerful startup nation. I hope you were taking notes. I was. Don't be smarter than you are. Like take notes, learn, keep growing. All right. So Chris, uh, you can find Chris Ward at winthehour, winthedaycom winthehour, winthedaycom Chris, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready? I think so. I hope so. Do you see how fast <laughs> I spoke there? Just to match the hustle. Okay. What's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur and having this ability to systematize your time? Creative output that I can change my ideas and learn something and input it tomorrow. Got it. What's your least favorite thing? That I have a really mean boss and I've had to learn how to manage her because she, she'll make you work too many hours. <laughs> Is Chris Ward a slave driver to Chris Ward? Chris Ward had to learn how to deal with Chris Ward a lot of years ago because what, as I've learned, I was working so many hours at one point that it wasn't permissible by law. So I'm like, you need to get it together. My, my passion, my ambition can get in my way. So I've had to learn how to put on the brakes. I'm a recovering Russiaholic, so I'm much better now. So let me ask you a revealing question. How many yeah. hours do you put into your business per week? Um, I usually, I'd say about 30, about 30. Okay. Not bad at all. Yeah. Not bad at all for anyone out there. Who's putting in 80 hours plus the Gary Vaynerchuk approach. No. What's it costing you in your life? What's it costing you in your marriage? What's it costing you with your kids? Like, is it really worth losing your relationships? Yeah. If you find yourself in that conversation, reach out to me. That's my zone of genius is to help you restore those broken relationships the things that really matter, right? And increase your income at the same time. Who doesn't want that? Chris, what are you most afraid of? What am I most afraid of? Uh, I Fear is a funny thing to me. I, if I'm afraid of it, I do it, especially like, why am I afraid of it? I just 
So I don't think, okay, like I don't like, I don't enjoy heights, but other than that, I, if I'm fearful of it, I need to address it and wonder why am I in position of fear? So I'm all about positivity and I just really am hungry after all I've been through. I'm just desperately hungry to be happy all the time. So if I'm thinking something that worries me, I think, oh, why am I coming from a position of fear? And I try to get out of that really quickly. Got it. I believe we're all challenged or struggling with something at any given time in our life, which is part of being human. What are you currently, uh, what's that area of focus personally or professionally that you're growing in right now and you're taking on? I get a lot of praise as you were kind enough to give me as well for, you know, I sent you a personalized video where I thought, thank you very much for letting me on your show, but I wanted the relationship to start off on a certain footing. And really, I, I want to have meaningful relationships with people that I connect with and sustain those relationships. So doing podcast interviews or sending somebody a video or networking, those are things that only I can do as much as I systemize and delegate. I have to, I can't send somebody else in to be Chris when it is a personalized I'm showing up. So right now I'm at my capacity of with my coaching clients and, and being Chris at other events. So I'm trying to be creative of how not to diminish the connections, but there is only one Chris. Mm, got it. What did you spend too much time doing this past year? Too much time doing this past year. I don't, if I'm doing it, then it's not too much time. Um, oh my gosh, that's a tricky one. Uh, too much time. I love bike riding, but I wouldn't say it's too much time. I've just moved and I learned how to paint because my husband used to do all that. In fact, he said I shouldn't even be in a room when somebody else is painting. So I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> so I've learned to paint and I don't know if that's too much time, but yeah, I, I guess I don't think I spend too much time on anything because if I'm doing it, I enjoy it. If it's too much time and I think that I shouldn't be doing it. Fair enough. What yeah. secret fear do you have about people? Secret fear about people. I don't think I have a lot. I now I think what I was shocked to find out for a long period of time is I always thought I didn't care what people think. Like if you didn't like me, I was totally okay with that. That's fine. I get it. I'm not for everybody. I was fine. But it took me a long time to understand that there was still something with social media. If you asked me to be a guest, a speaker at your event, great, I showed up. But when people are floating by on social media for me to tug your sleeve and try to get your attention, I didn't understand that I had a fear, not a fear, I was uncomfortable pushing myself out there because I felt I wasn't invited. So I was more polished, presenting Chris, trying to be a, I don't know, growed up person instead of being the real me that you would get on a one-on-one. -on -one. So I had to learn to let that go and just put yourself out there and try not to be presenting. So that, I guess, was a some sort of founding fear of being judged, putting your message out there. And I didn't see that coming because I was fine with public speaking and stuff. But that social media thing is a different beast. It really is. It, yeah. it pulls us all in. What do you wish you had learned sooner in your business? Oh, I, I wish I had learned those first couple of years where, man, oh, man, you know, the lack of sleep. I, if you read my book, I almost seriously electrocuted myself one morning because I was in a rush. When your husband sits you down and asks you, politely kindly not to burn the house down because you throw something in the oven and you think you can answer just one more email like not that I was a bad cook I was just always like oh I'll just finish this email you know I'm heating something up um I wish I had understood sooner that that you're killing yourself and you're not helping the business so the team building thing as quickly as I learned it sooner would have been better mm, so good what's a new habit you want to create in your life what's a new habit um, my newest thing, here's my dark secret. <laughs> uh, I love exercising, working out and my new place got a little gym in the basement. So what, I'm in Canada. So when it's not that warm outside, I get a really good workout, but I am learning to really think about something when I go to have a treat, my treats are healthy. I bake really healthy. I don't use sugar and all these things. So they're healthy treats, but they're still treats. So I learned to think, am I in alignment? Why am I going to have this treat? Is do I just, you know, what's this? Is it because I'm tired or I'm entertaining myself? Why are you going to have this? So I'm learning that to think really carefully about what is motivating my desire. 
That's a good thing. What's a bad habit you want to break? Um, I have bad cuticles and I pick up my nails. So I have to keep filing them constantly or else I start picking up my nails. And as my husband said, nobody wants to, nobody wants to see a woman with bloody nails. Right? So, so that's <laughs> like, been a lifelong journey is keeping my nails clean. Yeah. Got it. Thank you for that. That was very transparent. Yes, Pick yes. three words to describe who you are now. Um, positive, uh, fun. And, um, I like to learn learning. I'm all about learning. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in this business. Oh, stressed out, exhausted, very high strung. Mm, got it. And last question, Chris, if you could come back to life, look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about everything. What would you say to them? It's about the now. It's all about the now, not before, not the memories. Not It's the now, 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 now. Your power, your point of power is now. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first $100,000 this year? That business should be fun. You had a job, you left it for a reason. Business should be fun. Business should be fun, Startup Nation. All right, Chris, you got a book called Win the Hour, Win the Day. Why does my listener need to go grab that book off your site right this moment? What are they going to get out of it? People tell me all the time that change their perception of business. So it's written very differently than anything out there. It's written from different stories of a struggler or a successful person and neither have anything to do with money. So it really gives you some examples so you can self-diagnose. And so many people come to me and say, oh my gosh, I was making for money. I was doing all these things. And I'm so annoyed I'm a struggler. So it's a very easy read um, with apparently a lot of powerful insights that are very simple, practical things. You, I'm all about the now stuff you can implement right now. So you can implement it right now. It's easy read. And I think it will give you some enlightenment uh, to how you manage yourself. Awesome. And where does Startup Nation go to get in contact with you, pick up your book? What do you got for them? The book's on Amazon. I'm on all the socials. Just reach out. Tell me that you heard me on this fabulous podcast. You can also hop over to www.freegift from Chris, K-R-I-S.com, freegiftfromchris.com. And we always have goodies there for special people like you guys. Chris Ward, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life. Startup Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your business without building faith in your business. If you want to have that conversation on the faith side of things, go check out my other podcast called Broken Catholic. On that show, I interview all different guests about why the world isn't working right now. Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with, but won't admit. We got to get your faith right to get your business right. Go to brokencatholic.com. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.